welcome to the Shep Dog Classroom Podcast with your host, Thomas Shepard. If you are enjoying this program, please consider subscribing to this podcast so you don't miss any episodes. This is Episode 8, the COVID-19 Newfoundland and Labrador Oral History Project with Dale Jarvis. In this episode, I talk to Dale Jarvis about creating an oral history record of our experiences living through the COVID-19 pandemic. We discuss how our students can participate in the project. Dale also talks about how he started the haunted hike, the stories he likes to record in his books, and the book he is currently working on. You will also want to stick around for the joke of the week. And no, they don't get any better. Dale Jarvis is an author, folklorist, and storyteller, and is the Intangible Cultural Heritage Development Officer for Heritage NL, where he helps communities save and document traditional culture and skills. The owner of the St. John's Haunted Hike Ghost Tour, Dale loves ghost stories, supernatural stories, legends, and traditional tales from Newfoundland and beyond, and has written six books on local folklore. So welcome, Mr. Jarvis. It's nice to see you this morning. Yes, nice to see you too. Thank you for having me. Uh, I thought it was really interesting to have this project at this time when we're in the uh, pandemic. And I thought an oral history of the experiences that we're going through was a fantastic idea. So how did you come up with the idea originally? This is a a project that uh, kind of came about through some conversations we were having in our office. Uh, I work for Heritage NL, and we're often doing some kind of oral history project, interviewing people about traditional skills or crafts or, you know, whatever happened in the past. So it seemed like a perfect time for us to kind of take those tools that we were already using and start to interview some people about the the COVID-19 pandemic and what was happening. Um, everyone, you know, was on lockdown and at home. It seemed like a good time to have a chat with people. We were likely to find people at home who would be up for a conversation. I guess you could call them a, a captive audience. A captive audience. Very <laughs> true. Yeah. So can you explain to me about the connection with uh, the rooms and Heritage NL? The Rooms is uh, an organization that we partner with all the time on different projects. And I know many of the the staff, the curators and whatnot that work at The Rooms. And they had uh, been posting about collecting objects and artifacts. You know, we've seen interesting things that people have been doing and making during the pandemic. You know, the the needlepoint with little quotes from Dr. Hagee and uh, that kind of stuff. So the rooms had put out a call that they were interested in collecting some of this material uh, as part of the historical record with the idea that they might do an exhibit uh, in the future. And when they put out uh, their call, they also said, oh, and we're interested in things like stories and songs and poetry recitations. And so I contacted them and said, hey, why don't we work together and I'll collect the more intangible things, the stories and songs, and you guys collect the objects. And at the end, we'll bring all those things together. And they were very happy about that because they're very good at collecting objects and I'm really good at collecting stories. So it seems to be a a really good partnership so far. What I like about the approach is that you made a call for students to get involved, which I thought was a, a very poignant 
part of the project because our kids right now are home. They're, you know, some of them are struggling with being, having to be in basically lockdown during the pandemic. And it's a great idea for them to get their feelings out there because oftentimes we we know we can talk to adults and, and get them and their perspective. But oftentimes our students provide a very valuable perspective, particularly with all the schools shut down in Newfoundland, Labrador and across the world. And yeah. it's it's really understanding what they're going through and having them talk about it is kind of, a, I think, it would be a helpful thing. I think it's very important. You know, as you said, when we look at, uh, you know, when we look at history books, it's often written from the perspective of the adults, you know, the politicians and the, the generals and the people in power. And sometimes the stories of ordinary people don't get included. As a folklorist, I'm really interested in, in those kind of stories, what people are thinking and feeling and what people are doing uh, kind of on the ground in the midst of things. We don't often read historical accounts from uh, students and kids. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a great opportunity for us to reach out to the students who I knew were at home. And I thought that some teachers might like some uh, direction uh, for some students, you know, to get them working on a collaborative project of some kind. So that's, yeah, that's why we want to do it. We want to get kids active and we want kids to recognize as well, students to recognize that history is happening around us. This is going to be what people in the future, when they're senior citizens, some young folklorist is going to come and want to interview them about what happened during the great pandemic of 2020. And they'll they'll have to think back and, and remember about what's happening now. And of course, the great about that is uh, it's all going to be a part of a digital archive as well, which is yeah. years ago, you couldn't didn't have that facility or that technology to be able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these days, everyone has something or most people have something in their household that can record digital information. And the nice thing about including it in a digital archive is that it's uh, very accessible. It's easy for people to find and listen to. And uh, and that's how a lot of our information is being shared these days. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, a lot of the digital stuff that we create doesn't get saved. Like we we take hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photos on our phone now. And sometimes we're the only people that see those photos. Uh, whereas, you know, I, I've inherited shoeboxes full of old photos from grandparents and things like that. And, and there is that physical object that we can carry forward. And I worry sometimes that some of the stuff that we're creating now uh, might be lost because we're not thinking about putting those digital objects into an archival collection. So this kind of project, which we are running in partnership with our, our other friends at Memorial University, they have the Digital Archives Initiative. That is where all this material will end up. And, and the idea is that it will be there for a very, very long time. So for my students, what kind of a contribution or participation they can make to the project? What, what will the, their contribution kind of look like? Yeah, uh, it's kind of open what people can contribute. Uh, we've come up with a list of questions that uh, students can a- answer uh, from themselves. But what we'd, what we'd love to encourage people to do is to sit down with someone in their bubble and interview them. So that could be, it could be your brother or sister or your parents or a grandmother, whoever is in your bubble or your double bubble now. We had a, a great interview that just came in recently with a student from the Goulds who interviewed her grandmother 
and they were sitting down at the kitchen table doing an interview. That's really nice. We had one where a mother interviewed her son. Um, other people are doing other kinds of things. Maybe they want to share their creativity in a different way. We had a young lady from uh, St. Mary's, a grade 11 student there, who wrote a song and performed the song and sent us a video with the song in it. So you can, you can do it as you wish. Um, I'm not being too strict about what people hand in. You can come up with your own questions or use the questions we provided or write a poem and record it and send it in. And we'd, we'd love to hear it. I saw that uh, YouTube video with the student singing the song and playing the guitar. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, a little gem. Like we, you know, I didn't, I wasn't expecting that, but it's a, it's a great thing to see. As a teacher and particularly in a junior high, I'm always impressed by the creativity our students have in doing different projects and, and recording everything from music to stories to you know, even plays and video and that kind of thing. Which brings up another good question for this project. What kind of formats are you looking for for the project? And we talked about audio, video. Can you just give us a breakdown of like the kind of things that the students can do as in a recording? As I said, a lot of people have uh, something in their home where, that can record audio or video. Chances are many students will have their own phone and are familiar with taking selfies and taking videos. So I'm sure you know how to use the technology probably better than I do. So yeah, the, just set it up. You can do a voice memo if you, if you want to do a voice memo, or you can do a little video and send us the video. A couple tips and tricks, maybe if you are doing a video recording, is don't sit right in front of a window, you know, or don't, don't, have, don't have the window behind you when you're, when you're looking into your phone. Turn it around so that, so that the light is coming in, you know, not directly towards the camera. Because if, you, if you're sitting in front of the window, you might just see a, a dark face. Um, that's always good. Uh, using a stand of some kind is really good if you're shooting video. And that doesn't have to be anything complicated. Some of you will have the little pop stand on the back of your phone. And if you don't, you can just prop it up with a, a book or something on a table. And uh, it's way easier to watch a video that's uh, steady than one that's shaking all the time. And, you know, do it in kind of a quiet place. Don't do it right next to the dishwasher while the dishwasher is running. That's a, that's a good tip as well. So those are just little things. Just get kind of in a comfortable space. Make sure you can see your face on the video and uh, make sure that it's not too dark or too bright and you'll be fine. You can send it to me in any kind of format you wish, audio or video. If you are nervous about uh, talking or don't want to be on a video, that's fine. If you want to contribute uh, just in writing, you can write down your answers. We've had students who have emailed us their answers to, to our, our COVID-19 questions. And we also have a, an online survey, a form, a Google form, where you can actually just fill in the answers directly into the Google form. And uh, we can include the link uh, to that. And, and you can go right online and do that. Be creative. Whatever you want to do, however you want to share your story. Uh, if you want to make a YouTube video and put it on YouTube, you can send us the YouTube link uh, instead of emailing the, the file. That's fine as well. That's fantastic. It's a whole bunch of media. And nowadays with technology, it's so easy to record at home with your smartphone. And they're so powerful. The mics are good on them. The cameras are good. It's just yeah. uh, you got your own little multimedia recording device right there. Yeah. You know, I teach sometimes in the Department of Folklore at Memorial University, and the, the man that started the folklore department was a man by the name of uh, Dr. Herbert Halpert. He was an American. He came up here and he started the folklore program in the 1960s. 
And he would travel around the province and collect stories and songs from people. And he had an old ambulance uh, that was full of sound equipment. Uh, <laughs> that wow. he, This great big sound equipment, the great big old reel-to-reel recorders, and mm-hmm. he would drive around and, and uh, record people. Um, I think he'd be amazed at how, and now, now we have this little thing we can put in our pocket. We don't have to drive around all this uh, equipment. We, we all have pretty good microphones and video cameras right, right in our pockets most of the time. That's great. Uh, so I think we've covered just about anything. Is there anything that we maybe need to mention or forgot to mention while or we're, we were talking here this morning? No, I think that's that's about it. Just be creative. And and yeah, we would love to encourage people to sit down with a family member. That's always really nice. If we have one person uh, interviewing uh, an older person, that's something I encourage students to do anyway. <laughs> Record your grandparents. If you have a chance to do that, uh, get them down on video. You'll, you'll thank yourself later. That's a great uh, suggestion. Uh, the other thing, too, is that we deal with a lot of our students here who are probably, most of them are going to be under the age of 18 or 16. So you have provided a consent form as well. So if any of our yep. young people are submitting in to you, they have to have that consent consent form completed and yes. sent to you. So that's, uh, I think we've got it, uh, I think you've got provided it as a PDF. I think you've also got it as a Google form. Yeah, so there's a Google form and there's a, a PDF document there. Whatever's easiest, probably the Google form is easiest. You can go online uh, with your parent or guardian and just check off those boxes there uh, because we do need your permission um, to put it online or to use it. Uh, hopefully, at some point in some kind of exhibit that the rooms will do, and that might be a physical exhibit at the rooms itself in the museum, or it might be an online exhibit of some kind that that we'll share virtually. Uh, so yeah, if you want to have your project included in that, remember to do the the permission form. Well, thank you very much, and I can't let you go without talking about the haunted hike. There's, <laughs> yes, uh, there's no way that I can have Dale Jarvis on a podcast and not talk <laughs> about the haunted hike and and the books that you've written. Can you just give us an overview of of that? Because I've been on the haunted hike and it is fantastic. Yeah, I love a ghost story, and um, you know when I many years ago now. Um, when I was a student at university, I, I had been in England um, visiting a friend and we went on a ghost walk through the old city of York in England. And I thought, this is fantastic. So I came back to St. John's and I got a silly costume and put up some posters around town and, and uh, started telling ghost stories on the street. And, and it turned into a business that happens in, in most summers. So we're not certain about this summer uh, yet, but... Uh, yeah, I take people around and tell uh, ghost stories that all are said to have happened uh, on the spaces where we where we walk. Um, I don't make up any of the stories. The stories are all based on interviews that I've done with people or on old newspaper clippings or stories I found in the archives. So I, I managed to sneak a little bit of history uh, in there while I'm telling some some ghost stories. And then that turned into a whole series of books uh, of local ghost stories and legends as well. And I'm continuously finding new stories and doing research. It, that's fascinating. Cause I, I remember being on the hike and it was around, uh, I guess, like after supper, getting duckish and the yeah. stories. And it's uh, can, 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 can kind of chilling. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some of those stories are, are pretty uh, scary. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm always, you know, we were talking about students uh, interviewing people in their families. You know, quite often I'll get students who are who are working 
on like a heritage fair project or something and they'll come to me and looking for ghost stories because people know that I've written a, a lot of them and they want to know is there a ghost story from my town and I don't know every ghost story in the province but uh, chances are you know someone in your family uh, has had a strange experience or knows a story about a jackie lantern or the old hag um, and I always encourage students to ask people it, around them, ask their neighbors, ask their grandparents and their aunts and their uncles. That's where we find interesting stories. That's how I find interesting stories is I'm always talking to people about, tell me a story now. Do you ever hear stories about the fairies and, and see what they see, what they'll tell me. My neighbor uh, here in Clark's Beach told me a great uh, fairy story a while ago. So yeah, I'm always, I'm always asking people questions. I think that's probably the most important thing you can do as a, as a writer or a folklorist or as a researcher is just, just keep asking questions of the people around you. And I was talking to my daughter the other day. She works in a bookstore in St. John's and she, I mentioned that I was going to be talking to you and she said that, yeah, we sell his books. They have at least two copies of your books in uh, two different versions of your books in, in available. And I think they're they're published by Flanker Press. Flanker Press, which is a local publishing company, yeah. And I'm just working on a brand new book with uh, Flanker uh, right now. And and it's interesting because we're living in this pandemic and people can't go to bookstores like they did before the pandemic. So for the first time, the book that I'm working on now, it's going to come out as an ebook first. Usually it comes out as a print book first and then as an ebook, but now we're going to do it as an ebook. And then when all the stores are back open, they'll do a, a print uh, book as well. And that's been a fun book to work on. And, it, and there, there's a couple little ghost stories in it, but it's called On This Day. And it's a kind of an interesting or weird news story for every day of the year. Um, so strange things happen uh, happened in Newfoundland and Labrador, and I've got a whole collection of them. Um, some are funny and some are sad and some are spooky and some are just very, very weird, which uh, I love. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for this this morning. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think my students are going to enjoy listening to you talk about the project and also about your haunted hike experience and your books. Yeah, thank you. And I look forward to hearing uh, their stories or seeing some of their recordings. Thanks so much. Thank you. And now it's time for the joke of the week. Keeping with the theme of the haunted hike and haunted stories, I'm going to tell a joke that has to do with ghosts. Question. What do ghosts drink in the morning? Answer. Coffee with two screams and one sugar. Well, seems like I got to come up with a better one. You have been listening to Shep Dog's Classroom Podcast. If you are enjoying this program, please consider subscribing to the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or from wherever you download your podcast. The theme music used in this podcast was created by Robbie Lee. Thank you for listening.